0: Hey guys, welcome everyone to a new episode of my podcast Millions Apart, where I display topics about teenage problems and generation gaps. Just before we begin, make yourself comfortable and grab some snacks. For today's topic, I got inspired by a request from melanie.love.cats in our last episode about being born in the wrong body. She wanted to know more about ways to try to implement diversity in our society. As soon as I heard it, teenage activism came to my mind. So today's topic is teenage activism insists on the goal of the overall acceptance of diversity. So I invited a few guests again. I would like to introduce you to Sophie, her mother Karen, and Professor Jackson. Originally, today's topic should have had a different focus. But I think the diversity of the people in our society is such an important issue that I spontaneously decided to choose exactly this topic. That's why I'm very glad that my guests could appear at such short notice. You might introduce yourself before we come to the exchange of thoughts. Sophie, could you please start? Yeah, of course. Hi guys, my
1: name is Sophie Miller and I'm 17 years old. And I stand up for the rights of all people in the world, regardless of their religion or sexuality. This has become my greatest passion over the years. And yeah, that's it
2: thank you very much for having us here if i may introduce myself i am karen a 44 year old um, psychotherapist and i'm a mother of a 17 year old teenager who is really passionate about activism for diversity and equality in society my problem is um that i'm extremely worried about her uh, because i'm have a man's struggles with understanding and dealing with her values and her goals and i'm here to better understand her and yeah to finally be an understanding mother and yeah i'm really looking forward for this
0: nice to meet you guys what about you professor jackson
3: yes thank you for inviting me to your own personal podcast um to present myself, my name is Professor Jackson and I teach at the University of Yale. In 1982, I studied sociology and right after that, psychology always was the focus on structural change in the brain during a teenager's puberty. I am the father of two lovely daughters myself and can therefore absolutely understand current problems. I have to say that today's discussion could really become interesting. I say that because we have the tenants of Sophie, a young activist, um, and her mother Karen, two different um, or completely different generations, sometimes in conflict. That's why I'm already looking forward to the further course of the podcast. I hope that I will be able to make some interesting contribution to today's podcast with additional knowledge and sometimes my own personal standpoint.
0: Let's move on talking about how Sophie's Medal for Activism came about. Sophie, when did you start dealing with such topics and how important is it to you? Did someone or something inspire you? About
1: two years ago, I met a very strong activist named Jenna Davis over the internet who moved many people with her activities, including me. Among other things, she campaigned for people who are humiliated and mocked in public and especially on the internet because of their religion, sexuality Or skin color and origin. She inspired me to go the same way as her and to fight for equality and acceptance and to reach people. I realized that this is my future and that it suits me very well but unfortunately my mother has a big problem with what I do.
0: Wow that sounds very interesting but the question is what does mother Karen say about it? Karen how do you feel about your daughter's activism?
2: Before I start displaying my points and my anxieties for her activism i want to honestly say that i'm aware of the importance of the topic of diversity and equality in 2020 there shouldn't be education gaps like this in our society that should be modern and stand behind this values but nevertheless i'm not agreeing with you fighting for these values because you're disregarding other values that are more important Like education. You have the immense lack of free education and to grow up in wealthy surroundings. Yet you set your focus on these kind of troubles. You're tossing away every effort we made for you to lead a wealthy lifestyle. School should be your number one priority. But mom,
1: life is not all about school. I can also live without a good degree or a highly respected job. The only thing I want is to help other people and to
2: fight for them. Finally understand that. Even if a wealthy lifestyle isn't your number one priority, Sophie, you aren't the one changing the political's mind by just dismissing school, that you're only showing your disrespect towards your ancestors, that fought for education, you're disrespecting them. You hear me, right? So you know, in your age, your own growth should be in focus, getting experience and leading a carefree lifestyle, and not about being on streets and do demonstrations, putting you in danger. I mean, what is that kind of a hobby? And you know what? You seem so stressed lately, and so un-talk-active and antisocial to your old friends. You're losing connection with people around you. No,
1: mom. That shows that you don't know anything about my life. I'm lucky meeting new interesting people which have the same values as me.
0: Keep calm, ladies. We are here so that we can talk about it in peace and learn to understand each other.
2: Go on, Karen. Thank you, Stacy. In my viewpoint, all this is procrastination. You're avoiding real-life difficulties daughter you're avoiding school you're avoiding social difficulties and if all of you try to focus on education a future society is going to consist of educated people and you're not needing to worry about people that are racist anymore or having ideological thinking this is going to be the past then daughter you are risking your own life this is not a hobby anymore this has gotten to an immense dimensions. that's not even considering as a hobby anymore that is going to be uh, giving you any experience. You're ignoring your own needs for this.
0: Well, so we've heard about Karen's and Sophie's experiences and statements. It would interest me very much to hear what our expert thinks about the relevance of school for teenagers. Professor Jackson, you as an academic, please give us an insight into your thoughts on this conflict.
3: I absolutely understand the reasons leading to this discussion. Education or going through our education system is a fundamental pillar of our society. Any organization of the state comes from the people themselves. Or at least, that's the goal. Schools and education institutions ultimately guarantee a society of well-educated people on whose foundation a state can rely. Um, We have to say that ignoring compulsory school attendance by demonstrating is comparatively new and has only gained relevance in the last few decades. Which is why both politics and society do not yet quite know how to evaluate this topic. Um, The question remains whether ignoring compulsory schooling can actually be justified by advocating for a particular problem. As a professor, as myself, I am not able to answer this question objectively. Ultimately, I could only express my personal, subjective point of view.
0: This podcast is also supposed to be about bringing in your own opinion, so
3: that's not a problem. I'm firmly convinced that young people have a great responsibility and can make an immense contribution to solving various problems. Only by neglecting compulsory schooling, Generation Z is able to attract a wide range of attention and SUS to exploit the greatest possible potential of their influence. Considering the extent to which they can contribute to a better world, the few missed lessons at school seem irrelevant to me. Probably as a professor of a highly regarded university, I'm expected to make a different judgment, but I would really like to support my and all other students on this topic. I do not understand the people who disapprove of the Young People's Project and who criticise the activists.
0: Thank you very much for sharing your views with us. There's one thing I'm really interested in. We have already learned that Sophie really puts her heart and soul into her activism. But how exactly do you live out your activism? Which situations in everyday life make you an activist?
1: Oh, I would love to give you an insight in my activities against racism, dogmatic and ideological thinking. I try to be really active to avoid people spreading their ideological ideas by exposing them or calling them out, so people are not going to have wrong role models with false values. Furthermore, I have an own profile where I show people how to fight for equality by spreading meeting points of demonstrations and publishing speeches of people at demonstrations that I attend. And as I mentioned, I am active in real life by attending demonstrations, doing public speeches and for, and more. To make everyone aware of our problem, I create posters that I put on every wall in the
0: whole city. Wow, I'm honestly impressed, that was really interesting. But I would really like to know how your mother thinks that you are so present in public and that you bring your opinion into the world in this way.
2: You know, I may be someone from an older generation, but I can analyze your behavior to know that if you increase your type of behavior in the internet, you're going to be carried away by it and only having your online person in mind. Another aspect is that you're going to get overstimulated but all this type of information that is reaching you every day, this type of information that's reaching you, as you said yourself, is so nerve-wracking and not even helping you in your daily life, or even if in your personal growth, it's only giving you headache and it's not really supporting your mental health as a teenager. It's only leading to social isolation and addiction. You know, I'm not as dis- Agreeing with using the internet, but you need to reduce that and focus on your real life, your real life friends. Something that I'm extremely content about is that the internet is a place where you get exposed to numerous of people that don't want your best, darling. And because of your radical view, um, there are no benefits for you getting in contact with these kind of people that may be going to affect your future life. By bad things happening you are attacking you not only in a verbal way but only in real life maybe. So I really have anxieties about this type of scenarios that are happening um, or are going to happen. And please be aware of that people are going to associate your person only with your online persona, and this is not going to help your future nor your future job, you know that? And about the real-life activism in, on the streets, uh, about the demonstrations that are as uh, dangerous as the media use, I'm really um, I'm worried that you're getting in situations that are going out of hand and that it's going to be illegal and that you're getting arrested and oh god I don't want to think about these scenarios but yeah this is something that gives me headache every day and this is why I wanted to stop this immense activism.
3: The semantic focus has now turned to a very sensitive topic the use of social media by young people in our modern society. I think that this topic nowadays is currently more relevant than ever. Everyone, really everyone, no matter how old they are, is confronted with the content of the internet on a daily basis. And that on a voluntary, but also a false basis. I truly believe that the right use of media ultimately decides whether we can evaluate the benefits as yeah, positive or negative. Because the Internet, in which we can easily immerse ourselves nowadays, is equally a bundle of possibilities that we can take but also risks that um, are difficult to avoid for us. For example, Sophie can reach large numbers of people much more easily by appearing on the Internet than if she were just walking the streets. People with the same interests meet the Internet presence and can connect with each other. This gives us the opportunity to create solid associations with which one can surely exert an influence. However, the Internet also carries risks. It is not uncommon for people to lose themselves in their media appearance and simply reduce themselves to their social media profile. A frequent observation, which I was able to make in many of my own studies, was that people no longer associate their fellow human beings with their real appearance, but ultimately only call the profile of the person into their head and use its content to evaluate these people. Thus, our presence in the normal world somehow merges with our appearance on the internet, as if different dimensions would collide.
0: Wow, media can really have a huge impact in many ways. But what exactly, Professor, can you advise Sophie about dealing with the media? Do you have any useful tips?
3: I am really not a person who thinks that one should stay yeah, really far away from the media. My opinion is rather that one has to pay attention to the correct use. It is perfectly legitimate for a young activist like Sophie to try to take advantage of the opportunities and reach of social media, but it is always important not to lose touch with real life. What I am talking about is a reasonable balance between appearing in the real world and appearing on the internet. So, Sophie, you should always remember not just to reduce yourself to your profile on various social media platforms and rather to to see the appearance on the internet more as an addition to your endeavors in the real world.
0: Okay, that was really interesting. Honestly, I found your tips really helpful for Sophie. Sophie, of course, I hope that you will think about it and use some tips. Before we go on, there's now a small commercial break. Stay tuned, guys. Now that winter's coming, you would like to have a cozy sweater? If you enjoy listening to my podcast, I have just a thing for you. Check out my fan shop where I have released four different new sweaters and four beautiful pastel colors. The link to my fan shop where you can buy all of my merchandises can be found in the podcast description. There's a matching pair of cozy socks with every order. So on. We've already talked about what problems and worries Karen has with her daughter and her life as an activist. But what really interests me and where I really hope for an honest answer, Sophie, what great difficulties do you encounter as a young person who wants to change the world?
1: Obviously it's not easy as an activist and there are also some negative sides, but I definitely won't let myself be dragged down by that. Um I have to admit that I now understand a few of my mother's arguments better, but I also think that I'm old enough to make my own decisions. It's just my dream to make the world a better place, where every single person feels comfortable and belonging, and I want to fulfill this dream as well as possible. A big problem is that many adults don't take me seriously just because I'm supposed to to be not as mature and experienced as they are. They look down at me like I'm a toddler
0: and it would be no sense what I think. Okay, that was really an answer I wasn't expecting. I did not know that you actually had to struggle with so many problems and that you would face so many difficulties. What does our idea expert say? How do you rate the situation? In your opinion, what is the main obstacle to the activists?
3: I couldn't agree more. With Trump as President of the United States, Generation Z has a tough time. Young people have many different goals, regardless of whether it's to stop climate change, create diversity or fight for equality of dark-skinned people. They all have one thing in common. They want to make the world a better place. Our president, on the other hand, seems to be strong-willed against it and continues to pursue his selfish national economic goals. Generation Z can therefore unfortunately not benefit from a great influence of US politics. Rather, as I would say, they suffer from it. Even if Trump praised his climate protection measures so highly in his last TV debate against Biden, he's one of the most climate-damaging people on earth and thus a true enemy of every climate change activist. Flutes, droughts, maximum temperatures and natural disasters have shattered the former American records in recent years. Nevertheless, Trump remains steadfast, renounces measures and blindly denies climate change in order not to harm the economy. However, Trump is not only known for his indifference to the climate. Racist statements and the lack of measures for equal rights of dark skinned people are also characteristics of our US president. Through his intolerant racist appearance in politics, he has a fundamental influence on the mood of our society and thus makes it difficult for all demonstrators and activists to find and resolve equality. To conclude, I would say that Trump is currently America's biggest blockade on a road to a better world characterized by sustainability, peace, and equality.
0: To sum it up again, there are countless difficulties that activists have to deal with that make it difficult to achieve their goals. The government plays a big role in this and is not acting in a very exemplary manner and showing little support. Activists are confronted with prejudice from the wall of society and it is difficult to get rid of them because the society does not deal with these issues further or receives no education. Karen, did you already know about these problems your are struggling with? Did you know that she has to deal with confrontations with strangers on a daily basis and still continues to fight for her goals?
2: Oh, guys, I'm kind of speechless right now, if I'm really honest. I now realize that you, my darling, need to face such amount of negative consequences and problems and that you put yourself in this kind of position only to educate people that are still thinking in a ideological and dogmatic way and yeah I was so selfish before just thinking about me having to face the negative consequences and I was so sad and angry and yeah, yeah, so selfish First, thinking that just because me and your dad worked so hard and tried to give you the best circumstances to have a an wealthy and carefree lo- living and I was just so angry about that you put yourself in danger, just as a hobby, as I thought it would be a hobby, but, you know, I now realize that it's not a hobby, it's just something that needs to be done and, yeah, I was so selfish to only want to have a carefree living that you can't even have if such people exist, that a putting other people in danger and uh, ruining a safe and happy society that we could have when there would be acceptance for diversity and equality.
0: I'm really sorry to say our time's nearly up. So we have to come to the end of the interview slowly. Even if I'm a little sad about it, I have to say that it was a really nice end to the topic. I think this interview could have been one of my favorites. Many interesting and exciting aspects of today's topic led to really great insights. Our expert presented the relevance and at the same time was able to show the great importance of activism in teenage years. We learned a lot about the possibilities, but also about the risks that social media offer, and also learned a little bit how we can use them properly. And above all, we talked about the downsides that activism can bring with it, and the difficulties that activist action can cause. Dear Karen, you came into this interview with the aim of better understanding your daughter's life as an activist. Now that we have discussed all aspects with an expert and had Sophie talked honestly about her life, would you say you achieved your goal or changed your mind?
2: First of all, I really want to thank you so much that you had us here today and that you gave me the opportunity To finally listening to her that never happened the last years and gave me the chance to realize my mistakes and my selfishness and my ignorance. Sophie, I'm so sorry that I wasn't understanding, mother. You clearly needed, you just needed to face uh, the old. All these problems and consequences on your own and I'm deeply sorry for that I finally want to change be an understanding mother and support you any kind of way really realizing now that the life I always thought that would be good for you or the way you should go um, was not the right way and clearly not your way I always thought that a carefree life and yeah just being focused on yourself that would be something that brings you to happiness in life but that clearly was so wrong and now knowing that a life without acceptance of diversity and equality in our society is not acceptable for you. Sophie I'm so inspired by your accomplishments that you made at such a young age. I'm so overwhelmed now realizing in which position you're putting yourself to save other people, to help them to live the life they deserve and fight for their rights. I'm such a proud mom and I'm ashamed that I couldn't be the role model for you these past years and show you Uh, To fight for them, for these people that are not treated right in our society. As someone that is privileged to live a life where no racism is happening against them. I should be the one that is finally fighting for people that need to face racism every day. Thank you mom. That really means a lot to me.
1: In the future, I will concentrate more on schools so that I have more chances of a good job later. And as an activist, I will only work on a secondary basis. That's a promise. I also want to try to make more social contacts and not just be on social media, because I can also convince people in the real world to become more tolerant towards other human beings.
3: I guess with this, the podcast more than serves its purpose. Two generations of different views were invited to this podcast. Both conveyed their points, and as a result, they can finally understand each other. But what can we learn from this? From today's episode, we should take away that conflicts are not insulable, even if an entire generation stands between each other. The primary problem in a conflict is never that one person is right and the other person fails to see their mistakes. No, it's that people do not understand each other, that different points of view cannot be understood. What we like in disputes is empathy, the ability to slip into the other person's position and to see the entire situation from different perspective. Its relevance was proven today. In addition, as a listener, you can learn a lot more than just that. We talked about finding the balance, discovering the golden mean between your own activities and aspirations. In every area of life, one should try to avoid extremism, as this usually leads to the neglect of other areas. So you should always try not to think one-sided, and as in Sophie's example, to take into account all of your duties, including school. Having said that, I hope that you can learn as much as possible from today's podcast and that you afterwards integrate your own findings into your life. So get yourself active, act free from prejudice, find your balance and meet other people with more empathy in the future. Thank you for letting me participate in your podcast, Stacy, and goodbye.
0: Thank you very much for being there and sharing your views with us. It's been really great talking to you. So, my dear audience, that was once again a really exciting episode with a very interesting discussion. Did you find today's interview as great as I did? Let me know, guys. If you have any requests or questions, please feel free to write them to me on Instagram or in the comments below this episode. I hope you all are doing well and we will be back for the next episode next week. Next time, I will introduce you to a very special guest whom you must all know. Be curious. Love you all, guys. See you then.